What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk, the podcast. I finally have Kid on the podcast. What's up? What's up? Round of applause, Love your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your flow from a distance. Your vow to sign my submission. I give you all of me. I feel like this is long overdue. Cause it's very much long overdue. We just had to find the right time. To I know. Because if it wasn't for school, it was like other shit, and we just couldn't make it work out. Yeah, yeah. And somebody trying to murder my fingers yesterday, but I'm okay. I survived. Murder your fingers. Murder my fingers with that them braids. Oh, oh, the braids. Okay, the braids. <laughs> I was like, is this like some, like, Asian or... <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Sorry, my mind is, it goes straight to the gutter. Yeah, yeah. I wish. No. <laughs> There's none of that in these Syracuse streets. Right. <laughs> Ain't shit popping here. Uh, that sucks. Yeah. Um, But I am going to change the format up a little bit because I'm trying to... Bring together what I feel like is three different lives for me, and I am a therapist, and I feel like I don't need to keep leaving that out of Queer Walk. So, mm-hmm. I'm included. This is the very first episode where, you know, I'm, okay. I'm intentionally being on my therapeutic shit. So, oh, know. hey, therapeutic shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, hold up. First, we, you need to say who you are, kid, before before oh, I go any further. Oh, who I am? Yes. Um, I'm I'm the queerest person alive. No, I'm just <laughs> um, but really though. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm kid. I'm kid. I'm an artist. I'm currently uh, in college, getting my BFA in sculpture. Come through. Um, yeah, 3D art is my thing, but you know, I'm an artist all around. So that's this is me, you know. What's your, like, at? Where can people find you on social media? Um, my art page on Instagram is K-I-D-D-K-R-E-A-T-E-S at Kid Creates. It, like, mm. shows everything that's art-related that's about me. But if you want to know more about my personal life, mm-hmm. it's Kid, K-I-D-D underscore crazy, K-R-A-Z-I-I. That's, that's me. Okay. Because, you know, you be out here on Tumblr, so... <laughs> You know, yeah, my tumble's the same, but it's just a dash instead of an underscore. Yeah. You and you and they are low-key, like, my favorite couple to post on Queer Walk. Because y'all are just so damn adorable. Do y'all have, like, official photo shoots? Um, we've tried to get, like, an official photo shoot done. Like, this one girl hit us up. But she... She was on some other mess, and so like we had like got dressed. She did her whole face, you know, beat her face up and stuff. You know, it was looking nice, and we on the way to the photo shoot, and the girl was like, we hit her up, and she was like, oh damn, I'm sorry, I didn't text y'all last night, and basically she canceled on us last minute. What? And um, like luckily one of my friends, she had a camera. We had bumped into her. She was like, yo, I can you know take some pictures for y'all. So. It's like every now and then somebody got, we know a lot of people that do photography. So if they okay. got a camera out, you know, we'll pose or whatever. But usually we just, you know, on a nice sunny day, we just get the iPhone out, take some good pictures. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like that. <laughs> Boo to the iPhone plug. But those, yeah, because I'm like, these, these photos are not just like standard selfie material. Like these are really good pictures. 
So. <laughs> Thank you. Some of them were done like with actual cameras, but most, for the most part, a lot of them are just iPhone. All right, so I'm gonna start out with Queer Walk of the Week. This, so she was actually Queer Walk of the Week like three weeks ago, but that was one of the lost episodes that <laughs> has yet to be retrieved from my other laptop. May it rest in peace. So. Oh. I have to, like, put this on here now so she can be Queer Walk and recognize. So, Queer Walk of the Week is Ari Fitz. Do you know who Ari Fitz is? No, I was waiting for the explanation to come Oh, <laughs> damn. You know, I just be, I need to stop. I just be assuming that all gay people know each other. And yeah, so- I mean, we tight-knit, but we ain't that close. <laughs> no, we like, we like two degrees of separation from one another. For real. Yes. Like, I could connect, I could connect myself to some well-known lesbians. Um, <laughs> just because the community is that small. Okay, but Ari Fitz, I think a lot of people first found out about her when she was on, um, like, Real World. She did Real World, what was that, Revenge of the Exes or whatever that season was, um, where they had their exes in the house with them. But she is a model and a YouTuber. A lot of people know she does these hilarious videos, like lesbian reactions to like everyday shit. So she, um, one of my favorite ones is like lesbian reactions to Kaylani's video for distraction. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty funny. Um, yeah. So she's, you know, just like a, a social media maven. Um, but the reason why she's Queer Walk of the Week, and not just because she's fine as fuck, but because she has a project coming out, um, called My Mama Wears Tims. Masculinity may be fragile, but Frankie's grasp of it is not. Seven months pregnant and glowing from pending motherhood, she effortlessly maintains her sense of self and style. My Mama Wears Tims will follow along as YouTuber Ari Fitz styles fellow YouTuber Frankie for her official maternity photo shoot in streetwear, menswear, and gender-neutral clothing. As the shoot develops, they'll show how motherhood actually looks and what it means to truly be woman enough. Ooh, so. that sounds good. Yeah, it's really cute because, um, I, first of all, I don't think that we talk enough about masculinity outside of the male body. So. True. So I like I just love when people who don't identify as men complicate masculinity and be like, you know, <laughs> yes, like I love that, and I think <clears throat> my dating history will prove that. But yes, 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 yeah. But I just I really like when people fuck with the gray. I appreciate it, it for that. But then I've also never seen like a maternity shoe. Of a stud, like a uh, masculine presenter in person. You um, never heard of um, um, Domo and uh, I think it's Chrissy. Chrissy, yes. Yeah. But I never saw like a maternity shoot though. I've I've seen their videos and mm-hmm. like I think I guess you could call them blog posts. But you know how how um like femme women be doing the whole holding their yeah. belly and lap. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, they didn't really. I don't think they ever did like a real shoot. But I know there's pictures of her where she like had. You know, her regular clothes on and she just had her belly out and, mm-hmm. you know, her girlfriend was with her and they would take pictures of her belly as a girl and stuff. But I don't ever think they Aww. really did like a full shit. Cute. I need to look that up too. It, it is on Indiegogo trying to like raise money to get it out as like like a full length documentary, I'm guessing. Uh so I'll put the link in the description. Go support Ari Fitz 
for um, My Mama Wears Tim's, that's definitely something I want to see. So, it, it would be dope if that if Netflix sponsored that. Oh, yeah, that's all I was about to say, because I feel like that would be something that Netflix would put on there. Like, they have some pretty good documentaries. Yeah. I, I, I would add some flavor. Yeah. And, you know, okay, I'm not going to go into this right now. <laughs> I just feel, <laughs> I feel like Netflix has an obsession with interracial lesbian couples. So. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. I so, I'm like, this should be, like, right in their, like, vein. They should pick up on this. So. But, like, that's that's the thing, too, I've noticed a lot in, like, media is that when they try to bring forth a new concept into, like, this heterosexual, like, mainstream world, they always do, like, an interracial couple. Yeah. That's, and then if they're, if they're lesbians, are always, like, white. Like, one of them has to be white. Mm-hmm. Or if they're both white, or it's, like, white men. Yeah. Or it's, like, and it's, every now and then you see, like, a black woman, but she's, like, mixed or some shit. Exactly. And I hate that it's always the, the masculine-ish ones that they paint in this way of, like, super sexual and just fucking everybody yeah i'm like okay i'm sexual but i'm not that damn sexual yeah it's always it's like shane is like an archetype and it's always a shane on every like lesbian show these lesbian web series oh my god Okay, the only thing about them is that the quality sucks. Yeah. The acting is terrible. Yeah. But the story is what gets you It's so good. Watching. Exactly. And I'm like, if y'all could just find, like, better actors mm-hmm. and stuff like that, like, it would probably be really lit. And it could actually potentially become a TV show. Yeah. Okay. Have you watched New York Girls? No, I haven't, but I've seen clips from it. Okay. But- that one? That's my shit. Like, it's... That is, like, the best one. As far as the writing, the story, the acting, everybody on there is fine. And it's, like, realistic. I really liked uh, Between Women, but it took this turn that it's just like, okay, this is, this is like, Empire now. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't even, like, remember the name of the one I watched, but it was, like, I started it and I couldn't finish it because it was, like, by the third episode, two people had died in a car crash. And I was, like, <laughs> biggest fans no more because I know that's what it's called on um, Tumblr Yeah, but that wording just feels weird to me it always has Okay, I feel like I want to call it community contributors okay, eh? okay. Eh? You I, like, like, I like to see you know what's it called assonance or something like that yes. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know I'm a huge fan of alliteration mm-hmm. I think so much so to the point where it's kind of tacky but I love it so <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the community contributors that I'm shouting out today, number one, kid, always, so you're here. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like you, I, I need to make some sort of trophy for you, because you've been number one so much. Yeah, I noticed, I was like, dang, yo, I kind of do be taking over, but like, when I, I have the notica- notifications pop up on my phone, and mm-hmm. I'll go back and I'll check them later, I just go back through the whole page, and you know, I'll repost and like everybody's pictures and stuff as support. Yeah. 
Thank you so much for that because it's like not just the likes, but the reblogs definitely grow the page because then the people that follow you get to see it and then the people who follow them get, you know. Exactly. And I want like everyday people on my page, not just like all them fancy, like, you know, model pictures. Exactly. And I'm like, okay, I got to have a, a, you know, in between mix of like regular queer people like myself and then like, you know, spicy, sexy people. Yeah, like <laughs> trying to trying to get the holistic representation of the community. True, like Tumblr introduced me to like um the Muslim queer community. Yes, which was something that I like never truly thought about. Like you know, I was like okay, but then like when I started looking at it, it's a lot of like people on Tumblr that are like Muslim and queer. And I was like, yeah. oh my god, hello! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like cousins. It's so nice to meet you. <laughs> Exactly, and it, it made me, like, really, like, just think about, like, their culture and their religion and how they, like, deal with certain things like that, how it's so similar yeah. in itself with, you know, black people who are queer, so. Yeah, um, I've had, like, a couple submissions from um, women who are Muslim and queer, and just like, yes, I'm here, you know, representing for the Muslim queers. Mm-hmm. And I- yeah, somebody actually asked me if I was Muslim because I was reposting so much stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like... No, but, you know, I respect y'all. That's support. Yeah. I know. Sometimes when I'm, like, queuing stuff up for the page, I'll get into, like, these corners of Tumblr that I never knew existed. So our other community contributors for the week are Batty Moonflower 7. Thank you for your contributions to the community. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Canna Queers, who also um, supports the page a lot, so... Can of Queers, I already follow you, I fo- but, so it's kind of confusing on Tumblr, because I can't actually follow pages back as Queer Walk, because I also have a personal Tumblr page, yep. um, so if you see Melanated Money, that's me, I'm following you, and so thank you for your contributions, and Naturally Melanin, also, in the top community contributors for the week, so thanks, y'all. So, I told you I like alliteration, right? Yes. Okay, so I'm calling this segment a mental moment with money. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I like it. So I guess I should just tell y'all, I guess, a little bit more about me and how it is that I feel like I could sit here and give y'all some, like, mental health shit. Um, so, so I am a family therapist. I am pursuing my PhD in couple and relational therapy. That's my steez. That's what keeps me so busy and why the page is always queued up and so sporadic because I'm in the middle of a PhD process. Pray for me. I am. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. I also have a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling and I'm licensed eligible as a clinical mental health counselor and as a marriage and family therapist. So... You know, yeah, I could just, I've had some things pop off in my life when it comes to being a therapist. So, you know, not to mention damn near 30 years of being a black girl and surviving. So, but today I specifically wanted to talk about sleep. Yeah. And I, so this is influenced by two things. One was a recent episode of Tea with Queen and Jay where they were talking about sleep interruptions and... Uh, they don't want us to sleep um, <laughs> and this whole culture around not sleeping is really unhealthy but it also comes from a recent session that I had um, and I don't think we 
we talk about the importance of sleep in relation to our overall health, but specifically our mental health. So I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. So, okay. so sleep is fucking important, y'all. Like we, <laughs> we, <laughs> we. Yeah, that's how you get the word across. That's. I mean, that's that's like the black ass bottom line of it. So when you're asleep, your central nervous system basically reboots. It creates like new neural pathways, and that allows you to like use your brain fully like the way it's supposed to be used. And so when you don't sleep, your central nervous system doesn't get that reboot. So think about like leaving your computer on for a whole week and how it'll start to run like sluggish and shit. Like that's what our body does when we don't reboot it. When you're when you're sleep deprived, which means you're getting less than 4 hours of sleep in any like 24 hour window, um, that that leaves you open to hallucinating. And I see, like, I, I used to work in severe mental illness, and this is real. It's, it might not be as big of hallucinations as you think you hear somebody talking to you or you see someone, but it could be the small things as, I don't know if you've experienced this, but when you're sleepy and you think you see, like, a bug running across the floor, or, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's because your central nervous system is trying to continue to work when it needs to actually reboot sometimes when i get really sleepy i get itchy i feel like something is on me or something those are all these little ways that your central nervous system is trying to tell you bitch shut me down (laughs) yes exactly like when i when i get like really exhausted and tired i get frustrated i get cranky like i start to get headaches yes like, I can't, like, if I try to read something, sometimes the words don't make sense. Or mm-hmm. I'm finding myself, like, forgetting what I just read. Exactly. Yeah. Whoa, those are, like, all my other points about why we need sleep. See? Look at this. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess I get all of them then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, especially, like, me as an artist, like, I have studio classes mm-hmm. that are three hours long. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes I have two of those a day so that's like six hours that I'm in the studio and then they ask for us to be in the studio outside of class so for like 12 hours of my day pretty much I'm gonna be in the studio right working on stuff and it's like if you come in and like you don't eat or you're tired your work is gonna look like shit because you feel like shit yeah it's similar for me as a PhD student our classes are three hours long and sometimes I have two or three classes a day. Thankfully, that life is over for me because I'm done with coursework forever. And so what what you were saying about um, forgetting what you just read, kind of like feeling moody and irritable, um, sleep deprivation also does that. So um, when you're getting less than four hours of sleep, it mimics the symptoms of mood swings. Um, so your, your mood can't regulate as well as it could if you were getting six or more hours of sleep. And it uh, has a big impact on your short-term memory because your brain is basically working on like the basics mode. It's, it's like when you put your phone on power saver, it's just doing what it has to do to keep you going so short-term memory is one of the first things to go when that happens and also it stifles creativity because like your brain isn't like freeing itself up to wander and all this shit so like as you were talking about like being an artist and those three-hour classes and blocks and expected to be in the studio for even longer and that interrupting your sleep cycle that's actually having a direct impact on your work because your brain is doing only the bare minimum of what it has to do to keep you going and sustain you. Exactly. That's why I'm trying to tell them, like, 
I'll be here when I be here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I got to take a break. Go take a nap. And I, I mean, like, I love my girlfriend because, like, for some reason, we sleep re- really, like, good together. Oh, so for some reason. It's, mm-hmm. it's low-key. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> it's low-key dangerous because we'll take a nap in the middle of the day, but then we'll end up sleeping for, like, four hours. And I'm like, bruh, I got to get up. But then it's like, you know, when you comfortable and you cuddled up, you don't want to get up. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, ah, I got I to gotta go. And she's, like, the type of person to hold me in the bed. I don't know like, anything about that. No, I'm just. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Let, let me stop. <laughs> just rub it in, kid. No, I'm joking. No, I'm sorry. I, I like talking about my girlfriend. I know okay. y'all are so cute. No, I'm happy for the black queer love. I am. Yeah, we we've been together uh, a year and a month now. So, Aww. and you know, in lesbian time, that's like five years. So. Yeah. Like, okay. Let me tell you. Like, can I tell you the story about how we met? Yes, please. I want to hear it. Okay. So basically, you know. I met, we met on campus or whatever, but I was going through a period in my life where I was like, fuck everybody else. And I was kind of like by myself a lot. So I was doing the solo mm-hmm. thing. And I was just tired of like talking to like girls stuff because, you know, sometimes they ain't shit either. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. Like a lot of them were like, oh, I don't want to be in a relationship or like we would hang out and like they would kind of leave me on. I was like, you know what, fuck everybody. If yeah. somebody want to be with me, they gonna fucking be with me. Yeah. So I was sitting on the balcony one day, like, outside the calf or whatever, and just eating. And I looked, I was looking down, because I was talking to this random girl on the balcony, because I talked to random people. And so her friends came up, and she was like, they were talking back and forth. And she was like, one of the girls was like, I like your hat. I was like, thank you. I like your face, even though I couldn't see her face. But, I, you know, I wanted to compliment her back. <laughs> and later on, she found me on Instagram, and then, like, commented under my picture, and then she slid in my DMs. And then we started talking from there. And then, like, the first time we ever hung out, it was 1 o'clock in the morning. And uh, mm. I we went know, to her room. We know what happens we at 1 o'clock in the morning. Burgers. Oh, that's cute. And then I left. But before I left, I was like, are you, like, a hugger or a handshaker? And, like, she, like, hugged me tight as shit. And I was like, okay, I guess you're a hugger. <laughs> but, like, she really, like, had a crush on me and liked me for real, for real. And then, like, we hung out. And then after two weeks, I asked her to be my girlfriend before we left for the summer. And then that's, that's just where it they went. And it's been a wrap ever since. Aww. Yeah. 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 And it, that two weeks felt like, you know, a year. <laughs> and yeah. And now it feels like five years. It's, it's lesbian about to be speed. Married. Yeah. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Well, I'm so happy for y'all. And like I said, the, I think the love just radiates out of y'all pictures. And it's so adorable. And I always go up every time y'all submit. So, I love it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for sharing how y'all met. That was cute. We never had like a lovey-dovey. Aw, this is so cute. <laughs> this is a moment. I need to, okay, okay. Let me collect myself. Yeah, you know, I, I love love stories too. Like, I'm like a hopeless romantic for like all kinds of stuff. Like, even when my friends like get together and like find love with somebody, I'd be like, oh my God, how did, how did it happen? Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, I wanted to wrap up the mental moment with money on sleep uh, with two things. So I guess the most important thing that I wanted to highlight is that uh, sleep deprivation also mimics the um, symptoms of depression. This is a a, a terrible fucking transition from your beautiful story. But but, um, I just think, I guess lately, I've been working on my qualifying exams, and I guess this is like a, a reminder to myself that 
you know, sometimes we try to medicate the symptoms and not fix like the root. And a lot of times these, when we start feeling like depressed, it's actually because we're not sleeping or not sleeping well. Um, and so I can tie it back. There we go. Cause this is, that was a fucking horrible transition. But, um, <laughs> when you were talking about sleeping with Bay is very, um, like good. It's like you get good sleep and sometimes feel like you can't, you can't even get out of bed cause you don't want to leave her. Yeah. Um, th- then y'all probably have really good sleep hygiene. What I walked through the first, so the first thing. When somebody tells me they're depressed or feeling depressed, I ask them about their sleep and their eating habits. And sometimes they be like, bitch, what you talking about? Like, I'm depressed. But um, yeah. a, a lot of times the symptoms can be relieved through sleeping well. And so sleep hygiene, I think, is something that we don't think a lot about as millennials. Because the world has changed so quickly in our lifetimes. Um, but... We have to avoid stimulants in order to be able to, like, fall asleep. And so stimulants aren't just, like, caffeine and shit like that, but um, screens also. So there's lighting in our cell phone screens and TV screens that send signals to our brain that are similar to the signals that our brain receives from the sun. So, So it actually, like, makes us think that we're supposed to be awake when we're not. Which is why, like, binge-watching happens. <laughs> you can sit there for 10 hours and watch something and not feel sleepy. Okay. Um, yeah, so try dimming your screens. If Because I know for me, I, I just can't go to sleep with no nothing. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. So I've dimmed my screen. Instead of having it, like, either 50% or 100% brightness, I turned it down to 20%, and I find that I can fall asleep quicker. Yeah, like, I, I have to have the room completely dark, like, no night lights. Like, I got to put my phone under the pillow so that when it, like, lights up from a notification, mm-hmm. like, I don't wake up from that and stuff. And, like, it's, it's weird because, like, babe, she likes to sleep with, like, lights. Yeah. Like, you know, colorful lights and stuff. So, mm-hmm. like, when I sleep in her room, I don't always sleep as good because yeah. she's got, like, lights on. So, like, when she falls asleep in the middle of the night when I wake up, I turn everything off. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and then, like, but she's the type of person where she falls asleep anywhere. So she could fall asleep oh, outside, in the car. But I'm the type of person, like, I got to be comfortable enough, and I got to have, like, it dark. Yeah. Just- See, I, I used I think I go in waves, because right now, I find it hard to fall asleep in silence. And um, so that usually means that I have some kind of, like, screen going. Um it also means that I end up listening to a lot of podcasts because I, I just can't fall asleep in silence. Um, and so I have to have something going. I mean, like, even sometimes, like, with noise, like, if it's, like, a fan or something like that, that's, you know, that's a soothing sound. But, like, sometimes with music or, like, if the TV's on, I can't do it. Like, I just need, like, quiet. Ooh, that's the easy, the easiest way I fall asleep is uh, the TV. If I feel like, people are talking around me. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I grew up in a house with a bunch of cousins and two little ah. sisters. But I just need I, I just need noise. Um, according to the Sleep Foundation, the ideal temperature to fall asleep is 60 degrees. So, 60 is cold down here. Huh? The, down here, 60 is like... Oh, see, that's because that's you, you in North Carolina and y'all think 75 is cold. <laughs> no, they, uh, they think... 68 is cold. I'm like, it's not cold until it's like 50 or below. But 
I my perfect temperature is like mm, 70 70 is an okay temperature like I can do with 70 but if you put it on 72 I would get up in the middle of the night and turn it all the way down yeah see yeah it's, I think our gauges are different because I'm from New York City and I've been living in Syracuse for a while and so to me I would say it's starting to get cold at like 30 degrees okay <laughs> and if it's 30 degrees here, everybody will panic. All the <laughs> eggs and milk will be gone. Like, people no. will lock themselves inside their houses. Like, no. if it... The topic part of this episode is why I had you on, because you had a topic, and we could talk about it. So, do you want to introduce it? Okay. Lately, with um, my art, one of my professors, she's really, really dope. Um, lady, but she's kind of like pushing me outside my comfort zone and trying to get me to like put myself more into my art. So she was like, how does it feel to be black, gay, and a woman like in America like today, like right now? Like how does that feel? Mm -hmm. And like what could you pull from that? And I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, I've never actually sat down and truly like thought about all three things because it's like, I'll never really separate them because I always Mm -hmm. think of myself as like one person. Right. Mm-hmm. In a sense, so it's like, I don't put one first before the other, right. or I, like, sit down and kind of, like, look at them individually. Yeah. So, can I ask, was this woman a queer woman? I'm not sure what her sexuality is. Okay. But is she, she white? She, yeah, she is a white woman, mm-hmm. but she's, like, one of the, like, more aware, conscious white women mm-hmm. that, like, gets it. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's always showing me, like, black artists and trying to, like, keep me involved with that side of my culture. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's she's really dope. Because I feel, well, I've been to, my, my middle sister actually got her BFA, like, what, two weeks ago? Three weeks okay. ago? Um, she graduated, and so I've been to, like, her art spaces and also art spaces at Syracuse and... Uh, I think it's very rare to find white professors that even um, that even care about black artists. So I think I think I have to commend her there because the shit that that art professors just say to students um, at these reviews and stuff. Yeah, I have been ready to fight on several occasions. So um, yeah, like um, I go to the University of North Carolina at Greensboro, UNCG. Mm-hmm. And actually, a lot of the professors there that I've dealt with are, like, really open-minded and kind of, like, bring up race themselves in class. Like, yeah. I had one professor who was um, a life drawing, and she's, she does painting and all of that, and a lot of stuff with collage, but she was, like, bringing up this one thing where this white um, artist, who's a white woman that she's kind of, like, in the league with, who painted an image of Emmett Till. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, actually, like, they bring up these conversations in class. Yes. Because, like, as artists, we have to know what's re- relevant. And she yeah. was kind of like, and she was, like, just stating, like, how she felt about it because she felt like it was totally wrong. Exactly. For her to do that. And I was like, I totally agree. And it was, she basically read this article that this black woman wrote who was basically saying that she should take it down and then burn it. Yes. Yeah. We actually talked about that in, um, oh, Feminist Inquiries. That I took. Yeah, we talked I talked about that painting. And that's really dope that your professor brought that up. Yeah. 
So huh. like I, I get to like experience mind. those different things with the professors that I have, and that's what, another reason why I love like where I am right now. Yeah, that's cool. And I, you know, I told you I was thinking about relocating to North Carolina. This I just don't sleep on North Carolina, y'all. Like oh, all this, of the greatest people, like a lot of good people, come out of North Carolina, or they start they start something in North Carolina and yeah. leave and take it elsewhere. Yeah, and like. Greensboro, where I live at, is called Gate City. And we have so many amazing, just talented, like, people there that, that do stuff from painting to drawing to spoken word, like, all that stuff. And where I work at, too, is, like, a, a space where a lot of artists come together. It's called the Artist Block. Mm-hmm. And it's owned by three African-American women. Come through. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like, they, they open up this, this space and um, basically, because all of them are artists and they wanted to incorporate art into everyday Mm-hmm. So everyone that works there is an artist like myself, and we sell art supplies. But we also have so many different events that cater to like artists throughout the community, and we get people that travel all around from North Carolina that mm-hmm. come there and do stuff. So, so I okay, I don't want to like go away from what you said about like you never think about them separately because you're all three at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think that right there is the reason why I even started Queer Walk, the Tumblr page, because. Um, there was no space for women of color who are also queer to be all three on Tumblr at the time. It was just like, either this is your gay space and you're going to be gay and we don't talk about race. And if you bring race up, like it's a problem. This is your race space, race specific space. And we're never going to talk about gender, sexuality um, differences among us. Uh Or it's just like this white feminist, you know, what is a woman? It's all about my ovaries. And that didn't feel right either. So, (laughs) so yeah, like I've, I've been reading a lot of um, Audre Lorde lately because of my qualifying exams. And she has this essay, I think it was the uses of anger. And she was Uh talking about like, I'm always being asked to leave a part of me out. Um, if I walk into, like, a black liberation moment, I'm always asked to leave out, like, my sexuality. If I walk into a gay liberation moment, I'm always asked to leave out my race. And I'm not, I'm not willing to do that anymore. Like, you will take all of me and all my complexity. Exactly. I think that's exactly how I feel. Like, I don't, I don't think of my, um, identities as separate from one another or additive, like, I think a lot of times uh, people who have multiple marginalized identities say like, oh, well, I'm a person of color and I'm gay. So I'm like really fucked up. I don't. (laughs) I I, I think that's like one thing I thought about, too, is basically like at this point in America, I could die from either one. Yeah. And I, you know, go ahead. But yeah, I mean, that's just like the thing about it is like. If either way you look at it, I could die from either one. So at this point, really, it yeah. doesn't really matter. But I don't know. Yeah. And I, I think um, sometimes, I, I guess that's why I asked about your professor. Because I think sometimes people want our pain narratives. And mm-hmm. they, they don't want, like, our life narratives. Um, yeah. And so our identities become only about their struggle. And that's, while that is a part of it, it's not the whole story. So there's also a lot of celebration for me, being black, gay, and a woman. You know, I get to be in the most lit spaces. Because, <laughs> because being black is lit. And being gay is lit. So, yeah. 
I, I was talking about this with my baby sister. Because remember, I was telling you I did an episode with my baby sister, and yeah. I it got deleted. I really want to hope. I hope I can get it back. Me but um, she was saying how she feels like having me as an older sister and seeing, like, how I've had to navigate the world being a lesbian has really opened her, like, opened up her worldview of, like, you don't have to date in this way just because that role has been laid out for you. Yeah. And that's really how I feel about having multiple marginalized identities is like I have such a unique view of the world that y'all will never get to see. And don't you want it? Like, ooh, <laughs> you, you wish you could be, uh, what's, what's the girl name from Get Out? The Armitages? <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> it's like you wish you could see this, but you can't. Yeah, so I just, I, I think about it that way too. Like having all... Um, all these identities that are oppressed or marginalized in society doesn't necessarily mean that my life is all tragedy because it's also celebration in that. Yeah, like it's it's like a beautiful it's a beautiful story and all beautiful stories have parts of, of pain and in that sense, but it's like me as an artist is like, how am I gonna get this across Yeah so other people can see and understand exactly like who I am as an individual. Mm-hmm. And kind of like know me as me through my art, which is basically what all art is. So yeah, I think yeah. that's like a thing with me too. Is like I don't really like to see things in a masculine or feminine way. Mm-hmm. I just like to see it as is. Mm-hmm. So it's like even though I was kind of looking from my own hand, like if you see it, you take what you want from it. Mm-hmm. And um, I use the fist a lot in my work too, because just because of like. It's a symbol of power. And that's why yeah. I was titled Power because I'm like, the fist didn't start with black people. It mm-hmm. started with other like people who were going through the same things and trying to fight and revolutionize themselves. Mm-hmm. So you see the fist throughout history. And it now it means a lot more to black people, but it's meant a lot to a lot of others as well. Yeah, I think it's about solidarity, right? Like, I think we see um, similar, what is it, like, imagery and messaging across movements. So whether it's, like, Palestine solidarity with the fist, whether it's uh, workers' rights or, like, workers' liberation moments with the fists, whether it's uh, that female symbol with the fist in the middle, which I, I have come to hate, but I realize that it has a, you know, a space, in a place where it's valuable. You're talking about the, the black uh, queer it's, sign? Um, I hope that's not the black queer sign. It's it's the, you know, the female symbol, the circle with the... Yeah, um, I've, I've seen it, but I thought that was like the new symbol that they were putting on the black queer flags now. Ooh, I really hope not. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. Because I, I know like... Uh, Bay was doing it on somebody's jacket and I saw it somewhere else and I was like oh that's what that is yeah my first introduction to it was through uh feminist mm-hmm. movements and like um feminists used to just put it on stuff I don't know if it was uh specifically a black feminist thing the first mm-hmm. time I ever saw it it was a um a very problematic white feminist who had it tattooed on her arm so <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah so maybe my like idea of it is tainted by that but I think also kind of similar to what you were saying about thinking about things that in like uh binaries like masculine feminine and stuff 
Um, like they can't both exist simultaneously. That symbol is the is the quote unquote female symbol, and it doesn't really make a lot of space for um, like liberation outside of a male female binary. Gotcha. And so I just wish we could come up with, and it's hard, right? Because if it, it, it gets exhausting, because we're always like in resistance mode, like responding to the fuckery that's happening to us. And we don't really have space to, like, create and dream of what we want a world to look like without all of this stuff. That's why I think, that's why I think art is so important. Because y'all are the, the visioners. Like, what, what could the world look like had it not been colonized and enslaved and all these things, you know? So, yeah. I just wish we could come up with a symbol that represented, like, how, how much diversity is in... Uh, genders and hmm. so, so. maybe we get maybe we could you know draw something out make something up <laughs> right you know you know yeah. I am looking for a new logo that could be something we we can discuss and kind of get like um, I know a lot of like I have friends who do a lot of photography documentary type things where they ask people certain questions I guess like we could do something where we ask people if like you could envision this then what would it look like to you yeah. Because I just got a picture in my head. I'm going to send it to you later when we get off here. Get these t-shirts popping. No, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. I'm with it. I'm down. Yeah. I'm so down for it. <laughs> also related to this topic, like what does it mean to be a black lesbian woman today in America? Can I, can I say my initial reaction to that question when you had te- uh, sent it in the, the group? Okay. Okay, so my initial reaction was like... <laughs> Bitch, you don't really want to know about this life. <laughs> I was just like, ugh. It's just so much all the time. Because I kind of thought about it as, oh, what is his name? I can't remember the author's name, but he talks about having, like, a dual consciousness. Um, so so when you're, like, black in America, you have to have, like, the, the mainstream consciousness and you also have to have a black consciousness. Um, and... Then I saw um, one of my friends, he, he did this presentation where he talked about having a multiplicative consciousness. Be- oh. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Big words come through. Um, <laughs> but just like having to have these queer consciousness and queer consciousness, not just on like a sexuality level, but also gender and, uh, you know, ability and all these other things that we talk about in like queer spaces on top of having your racialized consciousness and then having like this living in this world that marginalizes you. So that was my first reaction is like there's, it takes up so much like mental capacity to live in and across all these different worlds. But then I thought, you know what, had I not um, identified the way I do, I don't think I would have found the people in the community that I have and been able to just be free. Like, I, I feel like my friend groups, y'all, all these things, they just, like, keep me feeling like, damn, like, this this stuff is possible, you know? Yeah, I feel that. So I felt exhausted, then I felt liberated. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I think, um, have you ever, uh, you know who Bayard Rustin is? Yeah, of course. Did you see his, the documentary just came out with about him? I think it's called, like, My Brother's Keeper or something like that. Oh, but I, I, they, uh, mm-hmm. 
they showed it at, at um, on campus or whatever, and it was really good because it was like all his life he like wasn't ashamed of who he was as a gay man, but it was like a lot of people in the the black movement that were trying to keep that side of him Silent. from being in the movement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then uh, as he went on, he kind of like was depressed about it for a while because he knew that his presence would hinder a lot of things that was going on. Mm-hmm. Even still, he decided that he would continue to be himself and just continue to help because that's what his main goal was to do. Like, he was the person that could make shit happen. So he was like, I gotta be there. Right. Yeah. That And that's what it always is. Like, whenever I've been in any kind of spaces that are, like, seeking to... <laughs> to change the world in some kind of way, there are always queer people of color on the front lines, whether it's at organizing meetings, whether it's doing sit-ins, there are always queer people of color that's just there doing that organizing. We've always been there. It makes me think of like that that multiplicative consciousness again. It's just like we, we have to see the world very differently than people who have these mainstream normalized um identities so then we get we get to like imagine different shit like different things can be possible <laughs> True. like I, I was talking about this with my friend um one time in high school we were talking about how um, she was basically like once someone comes out of the closet it's like they have this new found confidence mm-hmm. and this and she was like i wish i could do that for like just regular people like just make them have a out-of-the-closet moment mm. where they were, like, not afraid to do... Be, yes. Things. And I feel like that's the main thing about people who are queers, that we have this moment where we come out of the closet, quote-unquote. Mm. But it's like, at that moment, we no longer give a shit. Right. We yeah. are like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be my full self, mm-hmm. whether anybody like likes it or not, and then you have that newfound confidence, and that shit boosts you to do shit that you never thought that you Right, would. yeah. It's just like this moment of uh, fearlessness, yeah. And it's like, once you get past that moment, you can do it. Like, you're like, oh shit, that wasn't even that bad. Exactly. So then it's like, once you get through that part, you're like, oh shit, what else can I do? Like, <laughs> I've never done before. Right, right. It's like, am I, am I a uh, X Men now? No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you start, you know, you feel like you fly shit or like exactly. I'm high as hell, like you know, crazy shit. You, like I think that that's something that should happen for everyone. It's yeah, out of the closet moment where you become your full self, your full potential, and like even though you might not know where the fuck you're gonna go, where it's yeah, gonna yeah. take you, like, exactly. You just down. Mm-hmm. To do whatever you have to do to make things in the way that you envision them. Yeah. Um, so it, rem- it reminds me of, like, two things. One, like, for people who, like, can't come out because of, like, safety or because the world is just shitty. Um, I think coming to... Like, having that coming out moment might not actually be for a lot of people, like, saying their identities out loud. And th- I feel like that's important with prides coming up. Like, you know, around pride time, that's a, that's another wave in which people, like, feel the need to come out. But, but I think more so for me, that, like, coming out moment was realizing that I could define my identity. Like, I didn't have to... I didn't have to conform to what I was told that a black girl had to be, that a uh, um a lesbian had to be, that I could I could choose, that I had power to resist those 
those things that were being placed on me because of the the way the world perceived me. Um, I think just being around like young black girls, I feel like they need those moments, particularly right now in America. I went to this protest at the airport when um, the Muslim ban happened. And there was this whole group, we talked about Muslim queers earlier, but there was this whole group of, like, Muslim uh, teenagers, like, they had, like, I pro- the oldest one was probably 17, and yeah. they were, like, leading chants, and just, um, that felt to me like their coming out moment. This is our moment where we are fearless, and we're going to define for ourselves, like, what our existence means. Um, yeah. And so I'm, I just really feel like we can look to... We can look to kids sometimes for that, like, fearlessness and just being like, <laughs> you, we can be whatever we want, you know? We can define that. Exactly. And that's that's another neat thing about my name. Um, I came up with kid because, like, all my life I was like, I just always want to stay as a kid. Like, mm-hmm. I, I never really want to grow up because I was like, that's too much responsibility. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, now that I'm older, like, I'm giving myself this alter ego because it's like, kid is keeping me in a curious mind state, mm. um, making me stay blunt because kids are really blunt. Yes. Like, don't really have a filter, which is kind of good sometimes because sometimes you need to hear true shit. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, like, that name for myself is just kind of like, this person that I have to be sometimes. Yeah. But make sure that I stay, like, true to myself. That's amazing. Damn. I wish I had, like, a deep explanation for my name. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a nickname. <laughs> yeah, like, it, I basically, I really, like, turn it into my, my own nickname because, mm-hmm. like, um, I, it's funny because I took sociology and the professor was like, okay, you got to write a 10-page paper. You got to tell me about your life story. Um, come up with an alter ego for yourself. Um, then go out in the world and be that alter ego. So Kid was that alter mm. ego for me. So then when I would introduce myself, I would introduce myself as Kid instead of Karina. And mm. then it, like that nickname, it just caught on and people just started calling it. Yeah. And, um, so I was like, well, shit, now I don't respond to it. So I might as well keep it. And then it just turned into something that just like kind of stuck. Yeah, and it has definitely stuck because... When I got the uh, Skype request, I was like, who is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, I, I actually haven't used this Skype account in, like, forever. So, like, when I looked at it, I was like, oh, God, I still got my full legal name on there. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing for this episode, to wrap up this episode, is um, going to be a question from the inbox. So, the question, I don't know if I should say, well, I'll say, because it's a handle. Um, Her name is Batty Y, and she says, hi, do you think it's possible to help me raise money? I was just kicked out of my home because of my sexuality, and I've been sleeping in my car for like a week now. And so, I was telling Kid before I started recording that I get questions like this a lot now. They're they're kind of like the only questions I get now, like help help me questions. And I feel... We was talking about this kid. Like, I feel, like, powerless because it's like I want to help everybody, but I can't. And I also can't send money to everybody because, you know, I'm a graduate student and I'm broke as fuck, (laughs) living in poverty. But so what I felt like I could do and why I read the question is in case anybody else is in the area and can help. Um, So I I looked on her profile, like, semi-stalker-ish, and I just saw that she was in the Maryland area. So, I only know of one place in Maryland. 
um, that it that kind of serves as like a community crisis. You can go here for help space. And that's the Gay, Lesbian, Bisexual, and Transgender Community Center, center of uh, Baltimore and Central Maryland. So I really messed up their name. But um, on Facebook, they're the GLCCB. So that's the Gay, Lesbian, Bisexual, and Trans Community Center of Baltimore. So I don't know how far you are from Baltimore, Batty Y, but um, that is a space you can go. They have programs all the time. Um, they do have like initiatives to help you find housing. They have caseworkers that will work with you free of charge. Um, and that's the only place I know in Maryland. So if anybody else is in Maryland and listening and you know of other LGBT crisis sources that I can like direct people to, I would actually love to get a list for like every state. Yes. Like a whole list. And, um, and it's compl- <laughs> like it's complicated when we're queers of color because a lot of times places are LGBT inclusive, but they are not queer of color friendly, and that's a totally different thing. Um, specifically, when we're talking about trans women of color and finding housing for them, and I, I just know I'll speak from my experience here in Syracuse. It's been very hard for trans women of color to find um, housing that is like inclusive. And especially when they're in crisis, like going to women's shelters and women's shelters being like religiously affiliated and not letting them in. Yeah. So if anybody has any recommendations, it can be in any state, but specifically for Maryland um, to help out Batty Y, let me know. um, And I will respond to her and um, direct her to all of those. I hope that helps because we broke two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the shit about like institutional oppression. It's like, damn, you can't even help your community because of the way like we've all been stretched so thin. So yeah, and I mean that's why I appreciate my job that I have because mm-hmm. like I do get you know a nice enough check that's gonna help me eventually pay back these loans. But um, girl, I'm like, just giving uh, up on student loans. <laughs> And, like, I am glad that people feel like um, the Queer Walk Inbox is a place that they can come to get help. That's important to me on so many levels, particularly wanting to be a therapist. And the whole reason why I want to be a therapist is to work with the community because we have a lot of stuff that we need to heal from. Um, So I'm glad that she sent this this message and this question. But I also, when I get these messages, I just am very aware of how much I can't do. Because I'm just like, damn, I, like, really just want to to help. Like, I wish I had, like, some sort of emergency fund, all that stuff. Definitely getting a list going of crisis places is a good start, so. Most definitely. Yeah. So, Batty Y, the GLCCB in Baltimore. I hope I hope it's within um, reach for you and that you could get there. You said you have a car because you've been staying in it, so I hope you can get to Baltimore and get some help at the GLCCB. So that was all I had for this episode. So. Okay. <laughs> Thank you again, kid, for doing this with me. You're most you're most definitely welcome. Like I've I've been wanting to do it for so long too. Like when you should shout me out on other uh, episodes, I'm be like, okay, and I have to call everybody. Like, Look, listen, listen, real quick. You said. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to come back. You know this isn't just like a one time thing, right? Oh, no, never. <laughs> I'm definitely coming back. Like just let me know. Like whenever we can like talk again, like I'm definitely down. Cool. All right then. So I will 
holla at y'all later. Y'all know how to hit me up. It's Queer Walk on everything uh, except Twitter. It's at Queer Walk Pod, P-O-D. Um, you can find me in these Tumblr streets at Melanated Money. You don't need a Tumblr to submit to the Tumblr inbox. It's completely open. So just go to QueerWalk.com and click the ask or submit and it'll take you to the inbox. And you can hit me up on there. If you have questions, topics, comments, all that stuff, uh, share and like the podcast. That is a way you can contribute to the community and be a community contributor. Uh, <laughs> alliteration at its finest. You know, I love alliteration. So, so we out. Bye, y'all. Bye.